I'm your host, Mike Carls. I'm here today with my co-host here, Eric Robertson. How are you doing today, Eric? Um, I was doing a lot better about 20 minutes ago before uh, Zach Greinke decided to start walking base runners in DFS MLB. Yeah, so that's why we don't play DFS MLB. Uh, that's why I quit. It's pretty frustrating sometimes. Because DFS MLB is the most random sport, plus... I mean, I guess I can't. I personally have gotten very bored of watching baseball. It might be because the Tigers suck, um, our hometown team. But DFS MLB just never did it for me. I love DFS. I tried MLB. Just, just didn't didn't get me going. Yeah, it's uh, it's not for everyone. It's by far the biggest uh, emotional roller coaster. You'll be having a great night, and all of a sudden. Three home runs get jacked in five minutes, and you're not even dashing, so it could be pretty rough. Nice. Well, as I said, I'm Mike Carls. Um, I have been – I guess I'll just introduce myself because this is the first – Yeah, tech- let's uh, well, tell, tell people who we are. Technically, let's, let's, let's not lie. This is actually our second recording, but we did a mock – one last week just to get ready yeah so, just, to, just to drive on for us pretty much yeah so um but this is our first one we're going to release um my name is mike carls i've been playing fantasy sports for a long time uh fantasy football majority of uh majority of the time probably been playing for 10 mm, ish years so far uh, i've had i'm pretty sick i've been pretty successful at least in um fantasy football in my home league, back-to-back-to-back champ, very competitive league. Um, And I started getting in DFS about a year ago um, for football, and it's just escalated from there. And uh, now I just love it. And uh, we both – I have a day job, so I do, you know, I do as much research as I possibly can. Uh, I I call it my second job. But, uh, you know – I do Monday through Friday have a normal job. So this is what I do for fun. I'm not some pro that does this all day long as his job. Eric, how about you? Who are you? Uh, I also have a normal job. Um, fortunately, though, my job allows me to sit and do this stuff all day. So, um, yeah, I'm, I probably do about six, seven hours of DFS research each day. Uh, as far as fantasy sports go, same thing as most people. Started playing some fantasy football when I was younger. I uh, did that for a long time, loved it. And then uh, was coming up about a year ago, probably started playing DFS with NBA. Got really hooked on it, absolutely loved it. That kind of transitioned into baseball and golf, and here we are today. That's right, here we are today. So you might be asking yourself, if you're listening, what the heck, swimming with sharks? They're talking about sports. I came here to look, hear about some facts about great white sharks and hammerheads and stuff. Well, that's not what we're talking about. Um, our podcast, Swimming with Sharks, the name comes from, in the industry, in the fantasy industry, and especially the DFS world, uh, daily fantasy sports, um, your pros, the people that do this for a living, that you know have huge bankrolls and play every single day and write content for different sites. Like These people, this is what they do. They're called sharks. That's what people call them because... They get in these. They get in these um, pools, as you would consider a uh, like a 
a contest and they're so good at what they do that they're just eating people alive because average people are playing against these guys and for the most part have no chance. So we're here to bridge that gap and try to start, you know, competing and beating these sharks. Um, and we'll, we'll tell you how to do that in later podcasts and a little bit in this one. Um, but that's the main premise of this is, uh, and, and where did you, where did we get the, who came up with this idea, Eric? And, uh, no, like, what are we, what are we going to do with this thing? Well, the end goal is not completely clear yet. Um, a good friend of ours, Nick Riddell has been doing a podcast of his own for a while. And part of his time incorporates sports. So he's kind of been on me about wanting to get like a fantasy sport podcast solely going and me getting the legs up on that. And then once you and me started getting really in the DFS, uh, I asked you about it a few weeks ago. Obviously, uh, you were very, very interested at the idea. So we decided to get this up and going with golf. And uh, once football season gets out, we'll be doing two a week at that point. Uh, One for golf, one for football. Uh, Golf won't push too far into football season, really. But there will be a couple weeks there where it will be. And then uh, as far as what to expect from the pod, um, basically – you can expect us to try to help average guy out as far as what contests you should be playing in, uh, how many lineups, stuff like that. They'll actually give you a chance to be successful. Yeah, and that's super important because I think um, a lot of times people um, who want to get into DFS, they go in, they, they, they sign up for their DraftKings account, they put you know $20 in there, and then they go enter the Million Maker for a sport, and they're like, yeah, I'm going to win a million dollars. And then they don't even come close to cashing because it's such a, a huge rake in those contests. And then next thing you know, they're out that $20. They Next week, they do the same thing again. Have you played in Millie Maker? When I first started, I was that guy. I, would, I always had the eye on the big prize. So when I first started EFS, I was like, yeah, I'm winning a million. I'm going to win a million. I'm going to quit my job. It's going to be great. This is not even that hard. I'm just going to do it. Like It can't be that hard to pick a, a lineup that scores a lot of points. And uh, I quickly found out that I was just basically taking a $20 bill or a $50 bill and lighting it on fire. So um, since we've done a lot of research, and Eric and I are you know best friends, um, so we talk about like our wives – like they they tell us openly that they just hate us um because all we do is talk about sports and golf and like anytime we're around each other like that's all we're talking about we're obsessed with sports and fantasy so um we just got really into it and now we just want to try to help other people that maybe want to start out or maybe have tried it in the past and kind of hated it so trying to bring that love back that we have yeah and uh I have not played in Millimaker, fortunately. Uh, I played on Satellite for a ticket just because why not last week, but uh, I have no interest in entering that event anytime soon. But uh, as far as the podcast goes, uh, I'm pretty sure we're going to be putting this out every Tuesday night, possibly Wednesday morning, yeah, uh, right somewhere that in that time, time frame. frame. Yeah. So give it a solid day to listen over it, get your lineups ready for golf. Uh, as far as football, once that starts, uh, we're only going to be covering the main slate on Sunday. We're not going to have anything out for the Thursday slates. So 
football podcasts probably come out either Friday or Saturday. Not completely sure on that, but obviously let you guys know once we know. Yeah, and I'm super excited about football. I think this year um, with we so we started playing NBA first, like really heavily, and that's where uh, we both kind of developed our ways of research and how to get dive deeper into some of the stats that people don't think of. Um, where you know we're playing, we're playing like players that got called up from the G League and the NBA because you know of the matchup and you know just the stats that they that they put up so um we kind of transitioned that now into eric did baseball i i like i said i couldn't i just couldn't i i like to watch the sports that i um bet on or play dfs on i just couldn't do it so and then now golf because we are obsessed with golf fantasy golf real life golf video games anything golf related we are freaks our wives literally hate it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. The best was last week, and I was out on the golf course in between every hole, checking my phone to see how my uh, golf lineups were doing. So it really doesn't stop, whether it's playing it, watching it, or playing some DFS. But uh, speaking of last week, um, how'd last week go for you? Well, let's talk about it. So last week we had the WGC, the World Golf um, Championships at uh, Bridgestone. Um, or yeah, and wait, it, World Golf Championship. Bridgestone at Firestone Bridgestone South. at Firestone. Oh, okay. So anyways, the South Course. Um, so last week, well, I didn't cash. Um, Either did I. We did not cash. So that's going to happen, right? We're not going to tell you we win every single week, especially with us. We're only playing like – you know, we're, we're playing an amateur's amount of money. We're not pros here. Um, so Yeah, I mean, we're usually playing two, three lineups a week probably. Max. Uh, mid-sized GPP some. Uh, we're not in the $100,000 first place ones. We're kind of sticking more in the mid-tier. But like I, anytime you're playing any amount of just only GPP play, you're going to have good weeks, you're going to have bad. Yeah, and I mean, our bad week, right? So... In a large GPP, I was like very close to at least hitting the cash line. I played in a you know a ten man, and I was fourth in the top three cash. So like we were, I was right there in some of my lineups. So you know we were just like a player or two off. And um, but we'll talk about like some of our good plays and some of our bad plays for sure. Um, I got one player that was off. Yeah, you definitely did. It was pretty funny because we did it this mock last week, and so we talked about our plays. And the cool thing about us is um, we don't really discuss our plays before this podcast. So um, when we are going into it, we're we're, we're going to see kind of where we have the same opinions and where we might differ. And um, he might change my opinion on some, which he did last week. It wasn't the right one. Yeah, and uh, I'm actually looking back on uh, what was the main lineup we had last week, and uh, I was wrong on uh, Mr. Xander Schauffele, who finished at 68th place, shooting plus 12 on the event. And uh, yeah, it really just tanked our lineups. I mean, run through the rest of it. We had a guy uh, tied for 6th, tied for 10th, tied for 17th, tied for 14th, tied for 31st. So I mean, if Xander's... Uh, even just a replacement level, did a top 20 performance out of someone else in that position. Probably would have been a pretty good week, but uh, can't do much when guy shoots plus 12. 
Yeah, it was funny because we were on the golf course on Sunday, and I look at my phone and I'm like, Eric, Xander, dude, <laughs> he was plus eight in the uh, or he was plus seven the last round. Um, so hey, there was a lot of people oh, plus hurt. eight the last yeah round. plus eight on Sunday, but there was definitely a lot of people hurting from it though. Um, I was in a four thousand person GPP. And uh, he was 28% owned. So uh, definitely a lot of people uh, sunk on that ship for sure. Yeah, for sure. I mean, overall, though, like we had some we definitely had some good plays. So like, for example, um, last week and you guys didn't hear this, but here, like some of the picks that we talked about, like we, we pit, uh, I we I brought up Brooks Kapka. Um, you know, he had a, a terrible um, open or a terrible uh, round before this, um, and then at that, the RBC, at the RBC, yeah, he was he, he he was terrible, and then he comes in this event, you know, and ties for, and finishes in fifth place. Um, we were all over Patrick Cantlay. He tied for sixth. Yeah, he was definitely our uh, best play of the week as yeah. far as from an ownership perspective and how he finished up. Yeah, I mean he was only thirteen percent owned in my big in my bigger GPP, and he finished tied sixth. Um, and then, you know, my boy, Webb Simpson. Oh, jeez. I love him. Uh, you know, he finished he finished tied 24th. Mike plates Webb Simpson every week, for uh, those of you who don't know. Zach Johnson tied 17th. We, we were talking about ZJ, you know, and all week I got texts from Eric first couple days. He's like, ZJ needs to get his life together. Well, he got his life together. All right, listen. T-17. T- I haven't looked up the actual stats from it. I think that guy maybe hit like three fairways all day Friday. So we're gonna. his new nickname is Scrambling God. Like he literally could not hit a fair. He probably would have finished top five if he even just had like an average amount of fairways he was hitting that week. I do have to admit I was all over um, Austin Cook last week. He was, he was like 6,800, 6,900. Um, I said it was my like bold call of the week, you know, and he finished at plus three on the tournament, finished tied T53. Not great for sure, but he, he did finish better than Eric's uh, 7,000 play. Amelia, what is his name? Grillo. Grillo, yeah, Grillo plus eight. So I won that bet. Yeah, uh, that one. None of those low guys really seem to pan out for us a whole lot. Um, another guy who was a uh, very frustrating for me last week was Tommy Fleetwood. Yeah, Tommy I mean, fell talk apart. about falling apart on the weekend. He uh, shot four under and seven under in the first two rounds. He was eleven under, tied for first going into the weekend. Then proceeded to shoot plus five total on the weekend and only finished. I mean, still got T14, which when he was only 9K is really not that bad of a performance. But like when you're 11 under going into Saturday in first place, like you got to at least get me like a top five at that point. Yeah, he definitely should have finished um, better. Um, he just kind of fell apart. But I the big chalk last week was Justin Thomas, JT, Justin Timberlake. Um, we talked about him on the pod. We said that he was underpriced. We said that, you know, we liked him. We didn't play him in no. the tournament. Uh, looked lights out, lights out every round, you know, um, shot, shot minus 50 in the tournament, won the tournament by four strokes, 
was never really never on Sunday wasn't even in any doubt that he was going to win. Yeah, there was a little bit of a push because um, Dustin Johnson went out and shot six under. Even that though, I mean, he never really got too close to him. I mean, he was in the clubhouse and JT still had a bunch of holes to go. So. No, but Dustin was, you know, coming out firing before Justin Thomas even hit the course. Was only like was only four back and Justin was, you know, just starting his round. So you could see the scenario that if Justin kinda fell apart a little bit, you know, Dustin Johnson was was, was coming up. But um Dustin Johnson, highest played highest uh priced player like every week because he's the best golfer in the world right now. Uh, once again, you know, T3, dude's a machine. Uh, yeah. I, uh, I don't know what else to say about him. He has a hot wife, best golfer in the world. Dude's got it made. Yeah, he really does. But, uh, yeah, that was kind of a story last week. Uh, we are on the right players. Um, only played a couple lineups, just didn't get that right combination, which is always frustrating. But like we said, that's just going to happen some weeks. Uh, kind of got to move past it. Nothing you can do about it. And, that's all there is to it. Yeah, I mean, we definitely talked about some some really good plays. So, um, I even mentioned Aaron Wise. He was in the six thousands. He taught he he t six. I mentioned Siwoo Kim. If you you know, uh, wish you guys could hear it. He top ten. So like we we definitely had the calls on a lot of players. You love Jason Day. He finished t ten. So, you know, if you if so like we might not cash, but if you, we're gonna give you plays and it, you know. A lot of times our plays are going to be good. So, yeah, know. it's just a matter of taking what you like and just piecing it together the right way, but hopefully get you guys pointing in the right direction. Um, as far as right direction, though, like uh, what type of events are you planning on playing in uh, this weekend? So, um, my my the main contest. So the main contest I'm going to be playing in right now for this week is going to be the the thirty three dollar single entry, um, the dog leg on DraftKings. Um, pretty good contest. It pays off the top 26% of the field. Um, and it's only 1,766 people only. But when you talk about GBPs, that's very, that's small. Um, I like it, you know, it's, it's single entry. So you're not playing against guys. You're submitting 150 lineups like the Millie maker. Um, so if you submit a good lineup, like, and, and you finish in the top fourth of the field, like you're, you're, you're making money at that point and um you're basically doubling your money and then if you win it, the top prize is like five thousand so it's not a million dollars but i don't know about you if i if i wouldn't if i happen to win it and i won five thousand dollars i'm not gonna be mad yeah i'd be uh, pretty happy with that it's good money for me so i'm That's playing sure. that and then i'll probably do like a um uh, i'll probably do a gpp that's a three entry max maybe three to five dollars um, just so I can kind of, because we, we, you know, we, ha- we like, we, we like, um, a lot, like I like a lot of people. I have about 15 to 18 people I like, so I want to be able to play around with them. So I'll probably do a three entry max just so I can kind of play more players. Um, and then, you know, you still have the chance that one of those lineups hit and, uh, you make some money. Yeah, I will be um, – I'll probably end up playing three lineups. Just plan on playing two right now, but I got some spots reserved in the 15,000-person uh, three mats on draft chains. So I'm sure come Thursday I'll end up throwing another uh, lineup in there for sure. And then uh, all those lineups I'm playing the three mats GPP. I'm also going to be playing those in some smaller $12, like 30-man events. 
Uh, basically, hopefully, pop on one of those, pays for all the entries for a week, at least pretty much cover down on the riskier GPP entries that I have going. Right, and that's one thing, too, is you, uh, I think the biggest step for a lot of people, especially getting into um, – like one thing, Eric and I – We've played NBA, we've played um, DFS and like NBA and golf and and NFL for a year now. So, and we've played a lot, but one thing I've learned is you're going to hear, you're going to go on, you're going to go pay for subscriptions or hear on Twitter about how you should play cash games. No, unless you're playing high dollar cash games where you can double up like a lot of money it's so unprofitable and you'll you're never going to see any kind of any kind of increase in your bankroll unless you go on an absolute heater where you're winning five six days in a row um so i would recommend playing in smaller tournament type games so maybe i'm not talking thousand person gbps under 100 people you can find some tournaments under 100 people that pay out the top 30 percent that it's pretty good odds. I mean, what a double up pays out under 50%. Yeah. 43. And that's only doubling your money. So you can, you can take a little less percentage and a way smaller field and play in a little tournament and have some, you know, like 20 people or whatever and have a way better chance of winning. Yeah. I mean, that's the problem with double ups and cash games really is when you're talking about rate cause it's only paying the top 43% of the field. So you're having to beat over half the field to double up your money half the time. So I mean, it's just not really a winning strategy long-term, in my opinion. Uh, I think what you were referring to, um, the smaller events are like under 100 person, a um, little bit more upside every week. You can still 7, 8x your entry fee. I think those are probably a lot better because, yeah, you're going to have some down weeks, but if you can pop on one of those every three or four weeks, then you're definitely going to be starting to see an increase in your bankroll. Yeah, and I think that the biggest thing, too, is like, Everyone, you got you. The biggest thing, if I can stress this enough to people, it's so hard. It's so hard. I promise. It's it's it. I understand, because you're like, oh, but what if? What if I just hit the nuts? I have the best lineup, and then I'm not in the Millie Maker. Okay, you can't you can't look at it that way. You got to look at it like what gives me the best chance of winning, and if you five, six, seven x your money. Like, just you got to be happy with that because then next time you play, now you get to play in even more events. So now you're that's how you increase your bankroll. You you start spending all your money on these giant GPPs where you almost don't have a chance, especially multi-entry, 150 entry. God, you just more times and I'm not saying you won't win because it's possible. But your odds are just as good as like just as good, if not worse, than hitting the lottery. Yeah, eventually you're gonna go broke on it. Um, definitely not a win strategy. But I mean, everything's so different. If you're someone who, I mean, you don't care about the bankroll, you can play whatever you want every week, and you just want to chase that top dollar prize, like that's fine too. Just understand when you're doing that that long term, you're just end up redepositing DraftKings quite a bit. But uh, now we kind of got through uh, what exactly we're going to be playing and stuff. Do um, you want to go ahead and kind of start rolling in, see what we're looking at this week? Yeah, so we are, this week, we got the 2018 uh, PGA Championship. Um, this year, it's uh, it's going to be played at, um, what is, how do you pronounce it? 
I think it's Bellrive. Bellrive. Or Bell. It's probably Bellrive. I'm not exactly sure on the pronunciation. Uh, actually, I haven't had the PGA Championship here since I was one year old, if I believe it's correct. Yeah, 1992. So last time it was played here, I was a year old. So uh, not overly familiar with it. Um, it is a par 72 course. It is listed at 7,547 yards. So that is playing pretty long. Um, interesting thing with it being a par 72 is it still only has two par fives. So on this course, you're going to see a, a pretty, it's our, yes, only two par fives. Just wanted to double check on that. But uh, so you see a, a really high amount of par fours here. Uh, some of them play pretty long. I mean, you have multiple par fours that are playing at over 500 yards, which to most of us uh, weekend warriors would absolutely be par five length. But you know how these guys are. They can hit the ball a mile. Um, I mean, still talking over 500 yards. That's pretty long for a par four for anyone, though. It really is. Uh, two, yeah, that's crazy. Um, I'll be honest. Maybe I was drinking too much uh too many uh, adult sodas when I was looking at this earlier, but I, I totally read the over 500 as a par five and not a par four. So no, there's not two. that it affects my research really. Hole four is a par four listed at 521 yards and hole 10 is listed at 508 yards. And then also in there, there's another one hole four, 15 is listed at 495. So there's pretty much three 500 plus yard par fours on this course. Sweet. I totally read that wrong. Not that it's really going to affect me because I think I have the stats to make up for that anyways, but, um, wow. Uh, long course for sure. Um, it was funny today on Twitter. Um, there was some, there was some. Uh, there was a. There was a message posted in the locker room of the golf course to the golfers. Yeah, I saw this. Uh, that the greens are not in the best shape, and they they don't think they're going to be able to get them up to uh, the speeds that they were wanting to for the championship. So the greens are going to be rolling a little bit slower than normal. It's a little burnt out around the edges. Um, kind of looks like a golf course that we would play uh, around our hometown here. Yeah, it really doesn't look too great. And um, it's pretty interesting. I did see a comment by uh, Dustin Johnson today. He said he was they're playing pretty slow, but they said they're rolling true. So, I mean, it might not be as big of a deal as everyone makes it out to be. It's going to be a little bit of an adjustment for these guys. But, I mean, they're out there a couple of days ahead of time, getting practice rounds in, putting on the greens. They should be pretty used to it come Thursday, I'd imagine. For sure. But uh, as far as this week, uh, what exactly are you going to be looking for as far as stats go now know a little bit more about the course? Yeah, so um, stats that I decided. So shout out to uh, unpaid sponsorship uh, here endorsement to Fantasy National. Uh, love, love their site. I cannot rave about it anymore. Um, this thing has been game-changing i wish they they did this for every sport but they are a golf club for fantasy nuts um but so you can actually make your own miles on here so you you can uh, see where players rank in different areas and then based on how you think what stats are important you can kind of grade out your own players um so the, the 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 stats that i'm looking at this for this course well, after looking at the course um, breakdown, tee to green, like off the tee, you got to be good. 
Um, looking at par four scoring, there's a lot of par fours in this course. You mentioned how there's some long ones too. You got to be good at par fours. Um, this tournament, generally, especially if it's playing a little, you know, is the greens aren't as fast and it's kind of soft. There's gonna be you need to have birdies. So I got birdie or better um, percentage. Um, in any championship, you gotta avoid bogeys. So I got bogeys avoided. DK points, I think, is always important because we're playing on DraftKings. They got to score DraftKings points, um, which, you know, you get from birdies and, um, you know, where you finish. Greens and regulation I like because looking at looking at when I was looking at some of the course history, it seemed like throughout the years, people that do well at this tournament are hitting greens and regulations on the top guys. So I thought it was important. And then I'm just looking. I didn't weigh these at all in my in my model. But I'm just I wanted to see like how people do in different lengths of par fours and par fives. So that's what I and I think even if I looked at par fives, like they're gonna account. It also kind of accounts for these super long par fours. Yeah, definitely. Well, some of them are gonna be playing over par on average for the weekend for sure. Um, we didn't talk about any players before. We did talk about kind of what stats we were looking at a little bit generally earlier. Uh, notice we're on quite a few of the same ones as far as stats we're weighing. Uh, showed saying Tita Green's huge for me. It is every week. I mean, these guys are out there hitting drivers a mile. It's important these guys are hitting them accurately, getting in fairways, hitting good irons into these greens and playing well. Um, showed staying par four. Anytime we get a course with only two par fives and a bunch of par fours on it, that's going to be pretty important for me. Uh, birdie or better gained, like you said. Uh, at the end of the day, these guys are at be making birdies to uh, get up the leaderboard. So that's a stat that I pretty much always am weighing every week. Uh, Bodies avoided, like you. I uh, typically weigh it in these uh, major championships. Maybe not so much in some other tournaments, but these championship courses usually play pretty tough. So it's uh, important for those guys to be uh, avoiding those huge blow-up holes. Uh, stat that I haven't actually weighed in my model before this week, but uh, looking back at the previous three or four years of the PGA Championship, um, although it was different courses, they're usually kind of set up fairly similar, was uh, stroke stained on short game. So I have that on there. Uh, I think it really could come into play, actually, with some of these really long par fours. These guys are going to be hitting some pretty high irons in. There's definitely going to be some guys missing greens and stuff. So the short game, I feel like, could really come into play this week. Um, short stained approach, always a big one for me. Um, like I said, coming into those greens, it's going to be important that they're hitting them, uh, getting it close, giving himself the opportunity to make some birdies. And the last stat I have on there is, like you said, draft chains points, always important. For sure. So I think for the most part, we're really on the same page with a lot of these stats. We might have weighted them a little bit differently. I think some of your approach stats fit into greens and regulation because you're not hitting greens and regulations if you're not approaching the greens and um, well, like it's just it's just you're not you're not going to hit them in regulation. So those yeah, those kind of correlate. Um, but for the most part, we, we are looking at a lot of the same stats. So um, I'm interested to see you know what kind of what players that uh, that I like, maybe you like. And maybe some players were different on because our models are similar, but not identical. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, everything's a little bit different, the different weights and stuff. Um, how far, how far did you go back when you were, when you were uh, doing your stats? 24 rounds. 
That's typically what I always do. Did you yeah. do 12 again? Nope. So I did 24 this week. Um, being that the last uh, the last event was a um, was like a very sh- a very short field. Um, I you know to be honest, I just when I was thinking about it, I'm like I want to see how these guys have been playing the last like five or six tournaments um, coming into this one. Just give me a little bit of a wider range. Um, I'm, I'm not going to go like 50 or anything crazy like that because at some point, like your game just changes over time. So I like 24, 36 max. I, I don't usually go over that. We'll see. You know, we've been doing pretty well with this, uh, like 12, 24. I've had a couple 36, but I don't typically go over that. Yeah, 36 is just too much for me. Some of these guys don't even play every week. I mean, you're talking 36. If they're making the cut at every event, talking nine tournaments. So sometimes you're spanning back three, four months ago. I don't really care what a guy was doing that far back. Like, keep it a little bit more recent. But uh, as far as actually jumping into some of these plays, uh, we will start with that range of uh, guys who are listed at 10K and up on DraftKings. Uh, Mike, I'll let you start off this one. Who I got like? one guy. One guy, huh? One guy. I, I'm fading everyone else. Um, and my, my one guy is Dustin Johnson. I'm always going to start him, at least for now. In my model, the worst stat he's ranked is eighth. He's first or second in all other categories. He's a He's on another level. He's on another planet. I can't ever tell you that don't play him. He might be highly owned and probably deserves to be because if he wins it and you didn't play him, you have no chance of winning a big tournament. So um, always going to have him ranked. Um, and then, like, just to quickly, like, looking at the other players, yeah, they, they, they grade out okay for me, but no one's, no one's popping off the board. I'm not paying for these guys. Yeah, and uh, Justin Dustin Johnson to be really highly owned. Um, just looking at prices, uh, some, some of the lower-priced guys, uh, it's going to be too easy to very comfortably get him in the lineup this week. Uh, I feel like that was something we probably missed a little bit on last week because, I mean, we both made mention of just not really liking those low 7K guys at all next week and didn't really completely put together that if we're not liking those guys, a lot of people aren't either. And I know some of the events that we saw, Dustin Johnson was coming in at like 12, 13% owned, which is just insane when you consider how good he is. Um, I do have him uh, favored as well for this week. Um, just a heads up, you guys haven't actually started building lineups at this point, just going over uh, who we have in the player pool right now, and then we'll be narrowing that down from this point on. But uh, all the same reasons you said, uh, he grades out top and everything in mind. Uh, like I said, it's pretty easy to fit him this week. I don't see a reason not to have interest in him. Uh, I did have one other guy in this 10K up range. Uh, I did have Rory on here. Uh, he grades out number three on my model, but he's kind of just top 10 in like all the real major stats I'm looking at. Uh, nothing really grades out too badly. He's kind of had some mixed results here. Uh, actually, him and Dustin Johnson both missed the cut in 2016. But, I mean, they've both had really strong finishes outside of that. Rory's got a win here. They both got multiple top 10, top 20 performances. I think they're both really strong plays this week. Yeah, I mean, I don't hate Rory by any means. I just, 11,000, I don't know. I'm just not feeling him this week. And, you know, it might come back to bite me, but I doubt it. I mean, unless he wins it. And if he wins it, yeah. But 
I'm I don't think he's gonna win it. Yeah, I have uh, zero interest in these other guys over 10k though. Yeah, Jordan Spieth. He needs next year to come because this was not not his year. Um, no, and uh, he note on Jordan Spieth, this is the last major he needs for the career Grand Slam. So I'm pretty confident he's going to get the career Grand Slam. I just don't think it's happening this year. Yeah, I mean, and beyond it, if you're if you have if you have the cojones to play him this week, like in and, and you're not playing a ton of lineups like we are, like you know we're just playing a couple lineups. If you if you're only playing a couple lineups or one lineup, and you have the cojones to put Jordan Spieth in there, and he wins it. You know, I'll just tip my cap, but I just, I just can't. I'll be honest. I think even if I was playing 15, 20 lineups, I'd be full fade Jordan Spieth. No interest whatsoever. Yeah, I mean, I might throw him on one just for the, the Hail Mary, but. Yeah. Um, all right, so I'm going to let you. All right, so let me. You want me to start off this 9K range? So let me, let me tell you. Let me tell you about the 9K range. You got someone you feel pretty strongly about here? I'm going to tell you that I adore the 9K range. I have quite a few guys in this range I like, and none of them are Tiger Woods. If I could marry this 9K range, I might, because I've never seen, besides my wife, a more perfect, or maybe you, a more perfect match made in heaven. I got a couple of guys in here that I really want to hear your take on, too. I'm super excited because I literally... Love this range. Are you on Tiger Woods? Okay, so let, let me oh, hear God. yours first. All right, I'll start us off. Okay, uh, so I'm gonna start like this like from the top. Tiger Woods is right at nine nine, just under that ten k range. Zero interest on Tiger Woods for me. Um, only mention him because it's Tiger Woods. Everyone wants to know what everyone thinks about Tiger Woods. Um, he has a history of not really liking slow greens. Um, I wasn't really on him to begin with. And then once I kind of started hearing the greens were playing slow and stuff, there's just too many guys in this range I like way more. Tiger Woods is not my favorite play in this range. But I love Tiger Woods. <laughs> I knew you were going to. That's why I brought it up. Tiger Woods has been playing extremely well this year. He's in great form. I you get know, it. And he grades out as number eight in my model. And across the board, he's good at everything. His worst stat for me is 31st in greens and regulation. But he actually grades out really well in short stained approach. So you'd probably be uh, all over him if you're using that stat. Yeah. So <laughs> I love Tiger Woods. The only reason I'm a, don't want to play, I, I might play Tiger Woods. It's going to depend on when I look at his ownership projections. It's going to be high. It's going to be high because it's Tiger Woods. And could this be the major? Could this be the one? I don't think this is it. This could be it. I'm not seeing it. I'm just not seeing it. I love Tiger. Okay, keep going. If he was a little cheap, yeah, I'll keep going. Last thing on him. If he was a little cheaper, I'd probably be interested, but he's just uh, too much. Tiger's always in play. Don't listen to anyone else. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So now, moving on the list, guys, I like. Um, Justin Thomas, coming off a win. Um, he does grade out really well for me. Do like him a lot. He is coming off a win, though. So am kind of expecting ownership on him. Probably be a little bit inflated. Um, that's something kind of have to check a little closer to the event. If it's too high, I have other guys in this 9K range I'm going to pivot off of him to. So Justin Thomas, I will let you know, do not have him start. 
Because my he was on the border for me. I think you can. It's a crutch argument to say he's going to be highly owned. Sometimes, coming off a win. Coming off a win. He has to be. But you have to also think sometimes coming off a win, people become less owned because people don't think that you're going to win back to back. He's also coming off a win and defending his title at this event. Yeah. So I think people are going to be all over Justin Thomas at less than 10K. He grades out well. He's number nine on my model. I'm just I'm, – I'm, I'm putting the, the fade ski on him this week. All right. All right. Uh, now here's the one I really wanted to ask you about, Mike. Brooks Tepka, is he showing up in a full don't-give-a-shit mode, or are we getting the Brooks Tepka who's trying to win another major mode? So, Brooks, baby DJ, big guns, Some- thick back. <laughs> I don't know. We I can come up with a bunch of names for him. I love him. Seventh in my model. Is he showing up this week? Because for those that you don't know, it's a major. Sometimes Brooks Kepka. Brooks Kepka seems like he really just isn't overly interested in being on the golf course. Yes, but Brooks Kepka, it's a major. The only thing that's the the worst that he has, and who knows, like he's really bad at four hundred to four hundred fifty yard par fours. But other than that, dude's just money. And tee to green, twelfth. Par fours, tenth. Birdie or better, third. Bogey's avoided 37, which is okay. DK point six. Plus, I think a lot of the ownership is going to go to people around him. So I do love Mason Brooksy, Kepka, thick back, big guns. Yeah, I kind of like him for some of the reasons I mentioned. Um, worried about Justin Thomas, because if Justin Thomas is really highly owned, I don't see Brooks Kepka being that much ownership for a hundred dollars less, especially considering the recent form hasn't been that great. I feel like it's going to stare a lot of people off. Moving down the list though. Um, I do have some interest in Justin Rose. Um, he did withdraw with back spasms last week. Justin Rose, my favorite play on the board. I haven't heard anything about these back spasms. He just did it to get prepared for this tournament. I, I, that's exactly what I was thinking. I think he just said, you know what? Need a week of rest. Not going to play in this WGC. I'm going to get ready for uh, this event coming up. Justin Rose's recent form is absolutely insane. I also want to point out that in my model, he is top 10 in every single stat. And uh, I think he's almost uh, – oh, he's top 6 in every stat for me. It's up stroke chain approach. He's 13th, which is obviously still awesome. He's top 9 in all of mine. In nine, and besides top, besides nine, he's top five in every stat. And but I'll have to look at his ownership. I think he is a stone cold lock for me as long as his ownership isn't stupid. He's the any concern about history in the PGA? No. Have you looked at it? No. They play a different course every year. I know, but it's still the same tournament. I mean, he's he had a fourth year in 2015, but other than that, he just really hasn't had too many strong finishes. But I agree. Um, with how many bots is he checks recent form these are his last uh, couple tournaments the open second u.s open 10th memorial sixth fort worth invitational first the players not that great of a showing still at 23rd the masters 12th he had a 52 at the shell but then a third at arnold palmer fifth at valspar i mean we're about the march at this point this guy is pretty much top 10 12 almost every event he's playing in right now it's unreal uh, last three majors, he's been in the top 12. Um, yeah, I don't really see any reasons not to like Justin Rose. 
Um, especially with, like you did mention, um, not as worried about the tournament as history. Just let's face it, it's a different horse every year. But uh, moving down the list, uh, Malinari is kind of interesting to me. Um, he grades out really, really well for me. Uh, obviously, he was on the tear of a lifetime as far as form goes. Uh, last week, did not play well at all at the WGC. Uh, ended up finishing 39th. I forget what his actual store to par was. but Plus one. Plus one? Okay. Uh, just didn't let that crisp. I don't know. He was coming off a win at the Open. Maybe WGC is just a little bit of a lit down looking forward to the PGA. Um, I could see him having a strong bounce back performance from that. And the fact is he does grade out really well for me across the board. And he did tie for second in this event last year. So I definitely have some interest in Malinari. Um, not on my boy, John Ram, half swing, as you call him, unfortunately. Um, I'm too worried to play him in majors. His body avoidance is terrible. He's a little bit of a hothead. If a guy's not going to play well, I want him to put up something respectable for me. When John Round doesn't play well, it really goes off the rails fast. So it's just hard for me to roster him at this point. And maybe one of my favorite plays is the last guy down here at 9,000 on the dot, Jason Day. Uh, I really liked him last week. Didn't end up pulling the trigger on him, just has a little higher on some other guys. But uh, I feel like he, I mentioned it last week on the pod. Um, obviously, it's time of mock run. You guys didn't hear it. Jason Day's had kind of sneaky good recent form. Um, I don't know, for whatever reason, just doesn't feel like he's had like this uh, best run of events. But I mean, his last couple events, 10th at the WGC, 17th at the Open, 12th at the Travelers. He did play badly for two-week stretch. U.S. Open, he missed the top Memorial 44th. But then if you listen to these events before that, he had a 5th, 1st, 20th, 22nd, 2nd, 1st, 11th, 11th, 17th, 4th. So, I mean, going back the last year, this guy's really had a bad two-week stretch over almost the last calendar year, and everything else has been great. Um, he grades out as one of the best putters all the time on tour. So I'm thinking maybe with some slower greens and stuff, hopefully he can kind of adjust to him a little bit better in some guys being that he is such a good putter. Um, he doesn't jump off the charts and anything except uh, short game stroke stained. He's number one in the field for me, but he's just pretty consistent across the board. Doesn't have any glaring weaknesses. And uh, as we mentioned earlier, even though it is a different course, his history in the PGA championship is absolutely insane. Uh, going back the last five years, tied for ninth, second, first, tied for 15th, tied for eighth. So in five years, the worst this guy has done is 15th, and he is 9,000, putting him pretty far down the list as far as how much he cost. So, Eric, I, I really wish that you would talk about me the way you just talked about Jason Day. You had a twinkle in your eye. You might have a semi. I'm all over Jason Day this week. Jason Day. So let me just tell you this. I have every guy started in the 9K range except Justin Thomas. Okay. I love the 9K range. Um, I like half swing this week. Oh, I yeah? I was off him last week. He just makes me nervous. I mean, I could literally see him winning the tournament, and I could see him shooting plus nine on Friday to miss the cut. Yes. No uh, in between. The reason I like him, um, you brought up to me last week, what was that stat? He's uh, – yeah, I saw uh, 33% of the PGA events he's played and he's finished in top five. Yep. 
So that's which is better than Rory, Spieth, it's better than Justin anyone. Thomas, everyone. So I that I was watching. I play, I got to watch a lot of the tournament last weekend, and a uh, little half swing out there was just tearing it up. So I really like half swing. Um, uh, Justin Rose, as I mentioned, I do like Jason Day. Um, so like really, literally though, like my favorite plays gonna be Tiger, Justin Rose, Ram, and Day. Um, I will say this about you liking the 9K range so much. Uh, haven't actually started building lineups, but just judging off some of the guys we'll get to later, uh, you can definitely play at least three of these guys in one lineup if yeah. you want. Minimum. Yeah. yeah, I really, I really like the 9K range. You can't go wrong picking these players. I would just check ownership percentages more tomorrow. Just to, you know, if you're going to play in some some larger fields, like maybe like because I like all these guys in the 9K range, I'll pick probably the three that are projected to be the lowest. Yeah, and just run with it that way. Yep. For all sure. Right, so I will start with the 8K range here. Uh, I got three guys for you. Three guys I like. No yep. more. Uh, right, I have four. I, I only have four. two. Okay, I have four guys I like. Um, and I, I, I probably should have wrote some notes, but um, – here, I'll just, I'm just going to give it to you here. So, I like Henrik Stenson. Um, doesn't have a lot of birdies. Uh, he's tied for 80. He's 88th in the field for birdies or better. But all his other stats are just real good. Um, he's been playing really well. Um, last week, he... Uh, Last week he he topped he had a T13 no no last year he had a T13 he had a T7 a T25 and a, a T3 and a third in this event so his worst finish in the last five years in this event is um, T25 um, and then um, you know his recent form hasn't been great T39 T35 but um, with his History at this event, I really, I kind of like him. He's not like my favorite play, but I, I do like him. I like, my, I'm going right back to the well with my boy Patrick Cantlay. Uh, great recent form, as mentioned, he played really, really well last week. He had, a, you know, T6. His event before that was the op- at the Open. He T12, um, and then at this event, his worst finish is T33, besides one missed cut in the past five years. So. Patrick Cantlay, great form, pretty good recent history at this, at, you know, in this event. So like him. Um, and then the last two, I mean, Tony Finau, he's going to be the chalk. Everyone's going to play him. He, you might have to eat the chalk. The dude's underpriced. He's eighty one hundred. He's his worst stat for me across the entire board. Even some stats I didn't have graded out is twenty second in the field. Like, dude's money everywhere. He's six in my model. He's eighty one hundred. He's probably going to be like 30% owned, but you, he's going to finish well. So if you don't have him, you're at a disadvantage. And then Paul Casey, 8,000. Across the board, really good. Only set that kind of scary is par four from 400 to 450. But one stat's probably not going to sway me. His other stats are all, you know, relatively pretty good. And his recent form. You know my biggest gripe of Paul Casey is? What's your biggest right. gripe? Imagine you don't play him. Mm-hmm. Do you feel like you're going to lose because you didn't play Paul Casey? Probably not. I don't feel that way. Like, I feel like the odds of Paul Casey, I'm sure I could play him and he'd be a strong play and I'd do well in the event. 
But like for me to truly, truly like regret playing him, he's got a top five, right? And I just, I'm just not that afraid of him going out there and doing it. I, I could see him put up a top 15, top 20, like just a really strong performance at that price. But like, I just feel like the odds of him making me regret not playing him just aren't as high as some of the other guys. And I don't think you need to play him because the nine, like you said, the nine k, the nine k range is so strong, and the and the bottom range is really strong. Like you probably don't need to play him, but if you're gonna go more balanced. Um, or you know you're gonna go with one of the top dudes. You can probably fit in the 8K range and then a couple sevens. Yeah. And I, I think you know if you want to kind of fade Tony Fee now because he's gonna be 30% only in a big field. Like I, I don't think Paul Casey's a terrible pivot. And no Xander. No Xander for you this week, dude. Xander, I'm never playing Xander Shoffley. I one I think his name is kind of stupid. Xander and is an awesome name. I, don't, I disagree. That's I, half the reason I like him. I think let's it, be I, honest. I disagree. Plus, I don't like the way he has a weird. He has a weird face. He does have a weird face. And I will give you that. When I watch him, I just like want to shave his <laughs> stupid mustache off. So I don't like. I don't like Shafale. He's on my shit list because you talked me into him last week, <laughs> and then he shot plus twelve. So. Xander Schauffele, I might play in like a few months after you win a couple tournaments, and then I can get back on board. All right. Well, enough of talk about Xander Schauffele. I can promise you neither one of us will be playing him this week. Watch him win this tournament. Oh, I honestly don't even know if I'd be mad. Like, it'd be terrible for my DFS lineups if that happened, but I would just be sitting at home laughing all day Sunday. I couldn't imagine. And all the text messages I would be getting from Mike all day. All the text messages I would be getting from Eric rubbing it in my face that Xander Shaw plays. Because you know what happened? He was in contention at the Open. He was tied with Jordan Spieth going into Sunday. What did he do? Just proceed to just fall apart and let Francesco Molinari just shoot like par to win. So Jordan Spieth, though, don't forget that. Yeah, well, yeah, but Xander <laughs> Shoffley, you know, he did it also. So. All right, but enough about that. Um, I'll who do you here. Like yeah, who I like. Um, I like Patrick Cantlay, uh, kind of like you said. Um, he's a pretty reasonable price, grades out well for me. He's been playing pretty well. Um, I'll be honest, I like him. From a lineup construction standpoint, probably not going to end up playing him. Uh, the only other guy that I have in this AK range, and probably the only one that's honestly got a pretty good chance to break my lineups, is Tony Fee. Now, like you said, uh, I remember when DraftKings came out the pricing like a week and a half ago before the WGC even happened. I like very, very quickly viewed through it, and instantly I saw his price eighty one hundred jumped off the page of me. Then I remember telling you Tony Fee now is underpriced, and. Yeah, it just doesn't make sense. He top 10 last week. Yeah. But they I th- came out with the pricing before. The yeah, it was out before last week. I thought he was underpriced when the pricing came out, and then he proceeded the top 10, the WGC. So if I liked him before then, I don't see any reason not like him now. Could he be – do you think – could he possibly be one of the highest-owned players ever? In no, event? I don't think he will be. You don't think he's going to be like 35 40% in, no. some, in some tournaments? I don't think he will be because the 9 10 range is so good. I think the 9K range and some of these cheap guys are so good that this 8K range might get skipped over so, quite a bit. So if you do want to play in a million maker because you don't want to heed our well, here, here, I'll pull it up on a Fantasy National. For I actually have not looked at ownership projections yet. They do have them on their site. Um, we'll take a quick look here. But, uh, take these with a grain of salt. Yes. Um, fan, like, we've looked at multiple sites 
and try to find, and like try to see like kind of what ownership projections are and we look at the day of and uh usually pretty off but let's see what is he what is he projected at right he's now? projected the highest owned die in the tournament by um, how much not by much they actually have projected at 19 percent they have a bunch of dies projected in like the 15 to 17 range wait um, is it that's their calculated ownership now That's how you're looking at how many lineups that they've actually generated with him in it. I think their ownership's projected more. Uh, it's based more off how many people are favoring. Out of all the people that have used Fantasy National, which is 942 so far this week, 70.9% people have him at least favorited on their page. So uh, this is definitely not a play that's into overlooked at all. Uh, everyone's on this guy. He's going to be higher than 19%. I'll, I'll tell you that right 30. now. Uh, yeah, I, I could see him approaching 30. I don't see – he's not going to get – Xander Shoffley last week, who didn't even grade out that well for us, was 27% out. Yeah, I don't think Tony Finau is going to approach like 40 or anything ridiculous like that. He'll probably be somewhere in that ballpark to 30. Um, I won't really have a feel for it until I actually do start building some lineups and taking a look. But point is, either way – even if Tony Finau is huge chalk, I don't think it's bad chalk. I think he's a great play this week. If he comes back not being mega chalked, he's going to be an auto lock for me. Uh, ownership's the only reason I could really see myself not liking Tony he's Finau. He's going to be in at least one of my lineups, 100%. So. Yeah, I mean, he he's an $8,100 player who has a 100% legitimate shot to win this tournament. Probably a really good shot to put up a top 10 finish, which at that price is an amazing finish. And he's a guy who makes a lot of birdies at the end of the day. He stores a lot of DraftKings points. For sure. All right, so let's get into the 7K range. So I started the 8K range. This range is interesting. I want you to talk to me. Let's go 7,500 and up because there's a lot of people in the 7K range. Okay. Yeah, it's a huge range. So if we're going from 75 to 7,900, that's actually going to hit, only hit three guys for me. Uh, starting right at 7,500, I do like Zach Johnson. Um, he's just one of those guys who just never really does bad. Uh, he's coming off four straight top 20s. Um, he doesn't jump off the page in any specific stat, but because he's just kind of pretty good at everything, he ends up coming in at, uh, I believe, 18th. Let me double check this. Yes, 18th on my model overall. So I think he's just a really solid player at 7,500. Um, hasn't fared that well in the Open, or um, sorry, the PGA Championship in the past, but he's just coming in really good form. I think he made sense at that price. I will say um, ZJ, love him. Um, I called him last week. Eric was hesitant to play him. He did well. Um, so ZJ, I like ZJ a lot. You know, I think, is it, I'm starting to think he's a short knocker. This is a long course. Yeah, I'm worried scary. about that. But and I'm also he worried. He does play, his bag, his, his, his bag is pro- like his golf bag and his clubs are probably worth like 50,000 literally oh pxg he, yeah he, he he plays pxg so you know just saying he's playing really well he yeah plays well, really hopefully they clubs. made him a new driver after last week because uh 
I'm really concerned. Like I don't think I've never been following a tournament and just seen so many shots end up in the rough off the tee. So wait, so you start, so you hit. I started seventy five, working up seventy nine. Oh, you're going up. Okay, yeah, you're not up going to seventy nine now. Yeah, okay. yeah, you just said seventy five, so start okay, there. So who else do you like? Uh, Netsky has me nervous. Uh, Joaquin Neiman. Yes, I love Joaquin Neiman. Um, he grades out amazing. Yep, fourth in my model. Yeah. And number one in birdies stained, seventh tee of the green, three par four storing, fourth draft chains points, second short stained approach. Like literally this guy is insanely talented, grades out well on everything. My only concern is this is his major debut. Um, majors are a whole different animal as far as pressure, um, how competitive the field is. I am a bit worried about it, but He's one of those guys who's so talented. I mean, he could show up in his first major and top ten it, and it honestly wouldn't surprise me at all. Neiman's probably my lock of the week. I'll probably just play him. Yeah, I mean, I'm, at that price, I don't care if he wins or I, he's get. I I just need if he to top twenties, yeah, top twenty. If you're under eight k and you top twenty and make some birdies, like that's great. Yep. Uh, so yeah, I totally agree. We're on the exact same page there. Yeah, I'll definitely have him in at least a lineup. Uh, I can't wait for you to tell me the next guy you like. <laughs> and uh, Mike's guy, he's got a man crush on here. Uh, Mr. Webb Simpson coming in at 7,700. Uh, Mike basically tells me he wants to play Webb Simpson every single week in PGA. Uh, I'm always a little bit hesitant. Um but you know what? At his price, he grades out pretty well for me. At the end of the day, he has been playing some uh, pretty good golf lately. He only had 24th last week. He did have a 12th at the Open, a 10th at the U.S. Open. Um, I like looking back at the majors because some of these guys seem to play well in majors and maybe not care as much about some other events like uh, like a Brooks Tepja type player. And then looking back on it, I can't find him on my list. All right, here he is. Uh, as far as history in this, he, he's had a T13 um, two years ago, T33 last year. So not like blowing you off the page, but I, at the end of the day, T13, like we were just saying, if he's under AK, I'll take it. He's been playing some pretty good golf lately. I mean, I'm never going to tell. I don't have him starred this week, um, which is weird because I do have a man crush on Webb. Uh, is it a Neiman thing? Because that's the only thing I have with Webb is... I'd just rather play Neiman. Yeah, I'm, I, it, yeah honestly, it's the same thing as uh, ZJ. Yeah. Like Zach Johnson and Webb Simpson. I like both of them at 77, 7,500. So let's say this. If I just don't lineup, know if I can pull the trigger on him with Neiman there. If you're building the lineup and you have only 7,500 left and you love the other four guys, just play Zach Johnson. If you're building the lineup and you have 7,700, just play Neiman. Yeah. And then... You know, if you want to fade Neiman, because he might be higher owned, because like, like I don't think so. He might not, but he might be a little bit. I don't know how how chalky will be. We'll have to. You really can't get good ownership projections. Like I think he's going to be chalky. You're going to have to do some. We're not your end all be all here. You're going to have to do a little bit of research. But Neiman, you know, he grades up so well for us. He's a he's starting to become kind of popular because he's a hot rookie. Um, but. You know, Webb's Webb's all reliable, man, and he's probably gonna. You know, I want him to make the Ryder Cup. I think he's going to make the Ryder Cup team. So, yeah, I don't know. I'm I love Webb. I'm looking at ownership now. They got him at 15, but like, I'm looking at these numbers, and I'm just not buying these numbers. 
they're not projecting anyone higher than 19%. Yeah, like, that's just not going to happen. It's just not. It's it's a little early for ownership. We just have to kind of get a feel for I think he's going to be a little bit higher owned. But like I said, Wednesday nights are the best time to look around for ownership. Yeah, absolutely. Right. So I'm going to go 75 and under, or 7,500, or 7,400. Down to 7,000. Down to 7,000. Okay. Because I have two guys. Two. I have also two guys. Uh, first guy I have... When I first started playing golf DFS, this was, he was the hotness. Um, he's kind of faded off the hotness recently, but he grades out 21st in my model. Um, and his name is Peter Uline. Uline. Um, he's 7,300. Uh, overall, his worst stat across the board for me is 35th. So, like, he grades out in the top, you know what 20 percent in the field in all of his stats um and he's 7300 he also am pretty sure he's really good at par five scoring in long like so he's really good at those longer holes he's a bomber so i think today i saw on twitter he won the longest drive competition at the course um today so um did he win it yeah well he was in first when i saw okay the passed him but I, obviously he was up there in the top. Yeah, so just, he's I didn't a know if you saw that. He's young. Uh, he was the hotness when I started playing DFS golf. He's faded, but to be honest, at that price, like when I look when I when I was looking through my model, I'm like, dang, his stats are pretty good. Nothing's like crazy. He's not like leading the field in anything besides par five scoring. He's leads the field in that, but he's just solid. And I think for seventy three hundred, he's fine. And then Kyle Stanley, seventy one hundred, great form. Last week he was leading the um, he was leading the WGC for a minute um, for the first couple days. He faded a little bit, but overall his form has been pretty good, um, and he grades out well in my model. He's number twenty in my model, and he's only seventy one hundred. So I like Kyle Stanley. Yeah, yeah actually, my place. actually also like Kyle Stanley. Uh, coming off some, he's been playing some pretty good golf. Um, same thing. He's cheap checks a lot of boxes it's a price play i'm not overly in love with kyle stanley but at 7100 he really opens up a lot of opportunities for some of the higher end golfers and i could live with them at the end of the day um my only other guy i have in that range um i actually don't like this guy personally because i just think anyone who collects ferraris is an asshole <laughs> but uh ian poulter oh my god Grades out is the 10th best golfer, according to my model. He's 16th in mine. At 7,400. His form is nuts. I know that. The form is why I'm actually going to pull it up because I don't have it in front of me at this moment, but I remember when I saw the form, I was just like, what the hell? The only problem... In, All right, he missed the cut to open. Let's get that out of the way. Yeah. But once you get that out of the way, 10th at the Bridgestone, 12th at the RBC, 25th at the U.S. Open, 11th at the Players, 7th at the RBC Heritage. He did it 44th at the Masters, and then he won the show. I uh, um, also do want to let you know that um, he's played more events than that. He yeah. plays in Europe. His, uh, his stats in Europe have been his off the charts, His stats in Europe too. are stupid. Um, he's been one of the best golfers. He's on the Ryder Cup team for, for Europe. He's so. kind of a crazy story. Was it last year? Uh, I believe it was last year when uh, his PGA card was about to run out yeah, now he's from his medical cup. exemption. And it was like he was literally down to like his last tournament. And he was like he had to like top 10 the tournament or something like can't play on the PGA. And he won it. Yeah, it was insane. It was like the literally like 
this is it, either going back to the European tour or do well in this event. And he goes out and wins it. And ever since then, he's just been on a tear. It's like changed everything. It's weird too. He's a short knacker, but he's really good at like par five scoring and like longer holes. So he's just, he's consistent and he's yeah. I mean, not going to kill you anywhere. He's, he grades out 10th in tee to greens, 11th in birdies, 29th in body avoidance. I'll take that. Um, fifth in short game, 11th in approach, 23 in draft chains points. Like for the price of 7,400, he just shuts way more boxes than anyone down in that low seven range typically you know, does. I, uh, I was gonna, I was, I had Ian Pol- Poulter starred and then I just felt like I didn't want to fight with you about it. Cause last week I liked Ian Poulter, which by the way, would have been a good, a good call. Um, he fell apart a little bit on the weekend. Yeah, a little bit, but he was doing well. So um, I decided to unsar him because I was like, eh, Eric hates him. I'll never end up I don't him. like him. He, co- he collects Ferraris. What kind of asshole you got to be to collect Ferraris? Yeah. All right. So let's how, uh, let's let's get into this 6K oh, range geez. real quick. Because, this is interesting. Um, I got two guys that I like. Uh, I Only like, two? Yep. I, I like two dudes. <laughs> um, I like Andrew Putnam, 6,900. Okay. And um, he's 31st in my model. Uh, pretty solid across the board. Birdies are better, kind of scares me. But you know, if he can just make the cut at sixteen hundred, like I don't, that that that's good enough for me. And then the other guy I like is uh, Kevin Na. Did Putnam win the Barracuda this previous week? Uh, I think so. Yeah, I looked it up. I like Kevin Na. I have three guys, and I like Chris Chris Kirk. Um, twenty-two and twenty-four in my model for Na. Na's twenty-two. Kirk's twenty-four. Um. The only reason uh, I like them, they grade out well. They're pretty solid across the board. They're under 7K. Like, literally, these guys just have to make the cut. And oh, yeah. Under 7K. If you make the cut, worth if, it. If they do better than that, like, it's just a bonus. So, um, I, I do Hey, like quick thing guys. I'm putting them while you're on it. Um, if you are someone who uses Fantasy National, uh, for whatever reason, if you go and pull up his recent history, the Barracuda Championship is not on there. Mm-hmm. He won this event last week. Um, it was very overshadowed because the WGC is going on, but because that is such a selective field, uh, there was actually another PGA event going on. A weird-ass PGA event. Yeah, they used a stable storing, so you might have seen a lot of really high-plus numbers and wondered what the hell was going on. But basically, they get awarded points for specific things. Uh, I watched very brief moment of it. It was like two points for a birdie there, didn't stuff like that. But it's not listed as tournament history, and he actually won this event. So uh, just something to uh, keep in mind when you are looking at how he's doing. But uh, enough on him. Uh, try to get this rolling a bit for you guys uh, on the sits K range. Um, I have a couple guys in this range I like, actually. Uh, I like Kevin Na. Um, I'm not in love with the golfer, but if I'm going to use a model, I kind of do need to trust it. All the stats I value, uh, the worst thing he grades out is 40th, and he's only 6,800. So that puts him at 16th overall. So uh, he's definitely going to be in consideration. I'll probably have him in A lineup, uh, going to mix and match some of these 6K guys throughout him. Uh, Brian Day's on my list. Um, he makes a lot of birdies. He's uh, ninth in birdies gained in the field, 14th in draft chains points. Uh, if, I, if I find a 6,800 guy and less that can store a lot of points, I'm interested. Uh, another one I have is Anabar Lahiri. Uh, he gr- grades out really good in short game, uh, really strong in both birdie, uh, birdies gained and bodies avoided. 
Uh, he's another guy at 6,800 range who uh, I think could uh, possibly do pretty well. Uh, Gonna look up right here too. I remember he's done pretty well in the PGA before. All right, it was a couple years ago. He actually had tie for fifth in 2015. So no, he's got the pedigree for it. He's done it before. Um, all I'm looking for is a, a top 40, honestly, at that price. And he's tied for fifth here before. And then the last guy I had, uh, Russell Henley. Uh, guy at 6,700. Um, price kind of jumped off the chart at me a little bit, just because uh, we've seen him at much higher price points. I believe he was like 8,000, not that long ago. Um, he did miss the cut at the Open, but coming off a 10th and a 6th place before that, 25th at the U.S. Open. So he's done pretty good on some pretty hard tracks, and at that price point, definitely has me interested. For sure. I I, I can't say no to any of those. Uh, Brian Gay, I don't like him that much, but um, you know he does have a lot of birdies. I just... Uh, I'm not, I'm yeah, not loving him. But, he's a little bit of a stab in the dark. But, but. Uh, yeah, I do really like Kevin Na and uh, Russell Henley. Yeah, I mean, we used to – I mean, he's – in certain events, he'll be priced really high. He, his recent form is great. So if you're playing some of those bunch of 9K guys, you need a couple 6K guys, I can't I can't be mad at that. So um, those are, I think, our picks for the week. Um, you know, you can – I think our lineup construction mostly is going to be focused around that 9K range. And then fitting some guys in here at the bottom. If you want to get more, you know, you want to play some of those top guys like DJ, you can probably fit in a couple of the eight guys we talked about. And then, you know, a couple of the lower guys. So I think that's where the lineups are going to be. It's going to kind of be stars and scrubs, um, as we would call it. High price guys and low price guys. Yeah. Uh, less, less of a uh, mix, like a less of a balanced lineup this week yeah uh kind of thoughts i was having um haven't actually started piecing it together so we'll see how it looks once i start doing that um i kind of want to take three of these 9k guys that we're in love with and maybe go all in on them i'm only gonna be playing three lineups i might pick two or three of them go all in across the board and i might mix up these value guys in that low seven range and high sits range across all my lineups um, if my big guys hit, then the value guys, at least some of them are going to get through and hopefully have a lineup that has a lot of upside for it. For, for, for sure. So I think um, that's where we are. Um, one thing we do like to end the show with is, um, well, we want to talk. We Every week we do a head-to-head matchup. So on DraftKings. Did it set up again? It was set up, so it was supposed to reoccur. I haven't well, seen anything. Well, we, we set it up last Wednesday because we recorded last ah, Wednesday. Ah, okay. So, it, so might, it should start up again tomorrow. should start tomorrow. So we're doing a head-to-head. We're just going to keep track of rankings. Mike last, is 1-0. I'm, I'm currently undefeated. Thought I had him going into Sunday, but uh, Xander Shoffley shot plus 8, and yep. I had him, and Mike didn't. So um, that's I, how my Sunday went. Yep, basically I had my boy Webb, and Webb came through. I think he outscored Xander by like Xander. 40 points, maybe it was 30. 30 31. Oh, 31, okay. Yep. So you, you know, you you, you had some, your your big guys hit. I played Tiger and Bubba, they didn't do that well. You and, and you played Fleetwood, and um, you played Fleetwood, who did really well. So I had John it, Ram too. Yeah, it really came down to it. it really I, came down to Webb Simpson and Xander Shoffley. Yep. I was looking at it. Everyone else was like fairly comparable, and uh, that was we the had three of the same golfers. We we both played Brooks Koepka last week, and we both had the same value plays. Grillo right? and Cook. Yeah. yeah. So it came down to Webb Simpson, Bubba. Bubba Watson and Tiger Woods, which was mine, versus John Ram, Fleetwood, and Shoffley. Well, Shoffley shot plus 12. 
Yeah, I mean, if he just doesn't bad. shoot plus eight Sunday, I had you for sure. For but sure. So it's golf. It happens. I'm one and zero. We're gonna do it again this week. We're gonna. We won't tell each other. Obviously, we're not gonna tell each other the lineups because I want to beat them. And uh, I'll I'll brag next week when I'm two and zero. I don't know about that, but we'll see. But anyways, gonna wrap this up for you guys. We already went way too long. Yeah, we generally shoot. Probably going to keep this about an hour typically. We're going on about an hour and uh, 15, hour and 16 minutes. So, hey, it's a major. Uh, a lot of big named offers. It should go longer than usual. Uh, we'll typically keep it about an hour for you. Uh, get you guys the information you need to be successful. And uh, hopefully you guys all have a great week this week. Yes. And uh, just remember, be smart, be safe, and let's catch some sharks.